The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Hey everybody, welcome to the Winemakers. I'm John Myers and I'm with Bart Hansen. Hello Bart, how you doing buddy? Hi John, I'm looking at Sam's face and I can tell what he just poured is making him really happy. Oh, oh that was a beauty go. there. Hi, yeah. Hey, that's Sam, a beauty, eh? And Sam Katori. Oh, are you from Canada? Eh? Yeah, eh? Does anyone remember uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie? Yes, I do. Yes. Hysterical. That and that movie that they made, <laughs> unbelievable. I love it. Yeah. So, Sam, yeah, Google you, that one. You everybody. brought this wine, and it's been sitting in there. Uh, tell us yeah, about that's it. That's good. This is a 2013 Cote Roti uh, that I got from my buddy Lyle Fast Fast Selections out of New York. Um, and the you know I never pronounce any of the French right. Gilles Gilles Barge, G I L L E S B A R G E, and this is a Cote Blonde 2013. Uh, so Cote Roti is in the northern end of the Rhone Valley. Uh, this is Cote Roti is where they add Viognier to the Syrah. Uh, so there's some percentage of Viognier, probably co-fermented. I don't know if it's skin. I don't know if it's whole cluster um, added to this wine. Uh, Either one of those techniques might be used depending on the and, house. Depending on the house, the vintage, you know, probably some of both. Um, so this is, uh, you know, this is Coroti. This is Syrah with a, a Viognier finish to it. Um, and, you know, before Chateau Neuf de Pop, before really any of those Rhone uh, appellations had had cachet, before they were a known quantity, uh, Cote Roti was the place in the Rhone Valley where the wines had you know high values and collectability and and you know value on the secondary market. So you know before you know any of the you know Chateau Neuf de Pop places were hitting three-figure bottles. Yeah, uh, it was right. all about Cote Roti. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, Ijugal Cote Roti, you know, you can, it's $200 a bottle. You can so. spend some money if you want. You can spend all the money you want on this uh, in, in, right. in, in, mean, in pursuit of this, uh, in pursuit of greatness. You know, through, and through and it's not slowing down. I mean, I mean it's, no, no, it's not. The, 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 yeah, it's, it's getting silly. Absolutely yeah. amazing. So, um, so let's talk about 2017. I know it was a weird year, and <laughs> what, mean, the understatement what, what of the What do you mean afternoon. by that, John? And <laughs> let's talk about what you're already doing for 2018. Okay, I mean, 2017. Uh, good riddance. Uh, <laughs> I mean, to bad rubbish. Huh? Yeah, I mean, well, it, yeah, I mean, good riddance because I think we are ready we're all looking new, new year for a new year and we're new start and. And I think I think it I think people across the country are kind of feeling the same way about everything. I mean, here we're specifically we had we had an awesome winter, right? Um, we got you know all the uh, all the snow we could ever imagine. Um, all of our reservoirs were full. 
Um, I mean, really a, a great winter. I mean, hard, um, yes, flooding, uh, but ideal. Um, 70 inches of rain when we normally get 30. Right. Um, spring looked to be amazing and wonderful. Um, and now here we are, and it's, um, you know, then we had the fire episode and a little well, bit. Well, there was of, crazy of heat, heat before the fire, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'm slightly distracted there, everybody. Um, and so I th- to back to my original point is I think that we're all just looking forward to uh, 2018 and um, new opportunities and new horizons. Boy, is that cliche or Super what? cliche. I think oh. you gener- the cliche generator app right there, and you're just reading off the script. No, I, I, but I, I don't think that, um, <laughs> you know, it's a cliche year when you truly um, – you know, not to to overstate it, but um, you know, after going through what we went through in this area in the month of October, um, you know, it boils down to cliches. It it, it becomes that because um, a what we went through is so undescribable un- and and um, the most bizarre thing. But in the same way, it's also like the realest thing you've ever dealt with. Cause it, there was no, it wasn't dress rehearsal. There was no like do overs. There was no next year. This was like just what is happening in the moment. And, and when you're in that sort of just distilled down to cliche, because you know, it was, that's what it was. I mean, it's a time when cliche is an appropriate uh, yeah. description because that's all you got. And, and you know what I, and some amazing things came out of, you know, uh, the, the October event, the fire, you know, I mean, without a doubt, this community of Northern California has um, bounded together and continues, you know, between fundraisers and um, uh, just people, you know, caring, you know, I, I talked to the... Speaking of fundraisers, I got a good one. Okay, just, let me just okay, sorry. finish this one thought. Okay, okay. Um, I, I talked to the woman, uh, Anna Pope. I believe is her name, and she's the one who's behind the planting the daffodils in Glen Ellen around Dunbar. Dunbar. And and I checked in with her to see if there were any more plantings coming up, and she said that for the most part it's been done. Are you ready for this? They planted forty thousand bulbs. I love around there. Wow, I I mean Dunbar Road. It's thousand. Not that long of a road. It's not. I mean, I think it's out on Highway Twelve and and all those cross streets and stuff. Um, but it's going to be spectacular, and that'll be March. March, March will yeah, be maybe February. Just bright yellow yeah. daffodils everywhere, and that'll be a time to come check this out. I mean, that's right. I'm sure Bart's Instagram will be full of it because he's on Dunbar <laughs> Road every day. But uh, that's a time to come see that yeah. in person. So wait a minute, I want to know. Okay, okay. Let's go back to your fundraiser. Okay, uh, I just there's fundraisers happening all the time. I don't know all the details, but by the time this is out there, I'll, I'll be promoting it. Um, Philippe Combi is going to be back here in January, and his he'll be here for his 55th birthday. What? We're going to do a party at Sweet D, and it, we're, I think what we're going to do is get a bunch of completely rare, unaccessible magnums from Chateauneuf to Pop, and we're going to open them and we're going to do a tasting uh, for Philippe Combi. <laughs> so if you're in town, Sweet D, on the 21st of January, something's happening. Get at Grapes with a View. Uh, on the social medias for more details. Uh, and Looks like I'll have to uh, look at Benchmark, too. Yeah. See what I can and, uh, buy for a Magnum. Yeah. Well, you don't have to buy the Magnums, John. But there'll be somebody bringing them. That's the whole deal. So oh. our, our buddy... Uh, bring your checkbook, John. Yeah, just okay. bring your checkbook. All right. Um, our, our buddy, uh, Sasha Verhe, who is a winemaker, uh, chats enough to pop Grenache head uh, in the sort of 
best way to describe him. He's also uh, works at a, a big name tech company in the area. Um, but he has an importing company called Procure Wines. And so this is another one where, you know, we're going to find some wine for you to spend your money on, John, through through Sasha. Uh, but he's going to be bringing in some of these magnums for a, a early January, uh, you know, mid-January, early 2018 fundraiser. So that's, a, you know, the fundraising. Um, and, you know, now there's been 1,700 other news events that have, uh, on a on a sort of maybe national conscious level, pushed the Sonoma fires and the Napa fires, our, our fires right. out of it. And, and that's the way it is now. It's it L.A. Out. and Santa Barbara yeah. and, you know, special elections and whatever's uh, happening all around the world. The fundraising, we raised a lot of money around here already, but the fundraising need will it's be ongoing. On. So we'll be doing fundraising for ever. For a long time. Forever. Yeah. I mean, you know, when yeah. it's not, we're done dealing with this one, we're going to be... If we stop, it's bad. We're going to keep fundraising and, and uh, getting ready for the next one and preparing well, and, and, that's and doing exactly better right. on, on all the sides to right. be Supporting ready. all of our local volunteer fire departments and agencies yeah. that have done so much during this time. So what so. are you going to do in terms of um, fire breaks? Uh, <laughs> the fire how, breaks. Is how, it too early for this? How the fire breaks have been cut. <laughs> how, how, how you are... You know, I mean, look, um, we're, we're okay. Here's one thing straight up. Uh, Enterprise Vineyards is going to either build or acquire a wildland fire truck. Uh, it'll be part of, you know, the equipment that we own and awesome. and use, perfect, you know, yeah. and, and I, you know, take the nuns fire out of the equation. Um, there's been. I could think of 10 times in the last three or four years that that would have come in handy. Um, and just, uh, you know, and there's this whole issue that came up and, and we're getting deep into it now, but um, of, of private firefighters. And there was actually, there was yes, an article in the, in the wall street journal and I, I saw them with my own eyes out there behind the lines. And, you know, yeah, it's like, okay, a private fire truck is kind of counterintuitive, but when it comes to these situations, the more you have out there, the better. And it doesn't matter who owns it That's or right. what it's protecting. It means that you have more people out there protecting more things. It protects so, one, um, it protects another. That's you know that's something. And um, as far as preparation, I think in general, um, the vineyard management companies and the farming companies and the construction companies need to be part of the official response as opposed to the unofficial response was, you know, what we were, you know, it needs to be, we know that we have these resources and these assets use them in a strategic way, as opposed right. to we're just all out there kind of cowboying it. So are you doing anything different in the fields for next year? Uh, I mean, I, you know, erosion control is always uh, your number one concern this time of year, no matter what, um, you know, I think we said this, I, I, when we were on the radio KSVY going into That's into right. into last winter, knowing <laughs> that you know all the forecasts were for a big winter, um, you do the exact same erosion control Thank you, in a Sam. in a light winter as you do in a big winter because you never know. And I think that you know those efforts are just the same. It just means. Um, you know, you're paying even that much more attention to erosion control. So that's probably well, and, and the you, biggest thing right now. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and there's a lot of erosion control going on 
that has nothing to do with you know individual vineyard management companies just in general it's having to happen because of the fires i mean the you know the the cdf has been just, out putting wattles and things along creeks right and, but you know and those are all very helpful but those also can be troublesome you know if we get extreme rains and you know they could they can clog creeks and waterways and whatnot. So and I mean, we have no so, extreme so, rain in the forecast. Well, we don't, but you know we, we well get it. some rain. And if it's anything the way it's been the past decade, it's not a matter of you know consistent rain on all the time. It's more about uh, massive amounts of rain in a small amount of time. And and you know that's something that going forward we all have to be aware of it to you know keep our eyes open. Well, we've had some good rain, and I'm surprised it's not raining now. I mean, uh, we have this uh, weather pattern, the same weather pattern that's making it uh, snow in Louisiana and And cold in Georgia across the country. Holy cow. When this big sort of ridge sets up over the West Coast and pushes the jet stream north, it gets a whole bunch of cold air and brings it down into the middle of the country and blocks any of the storms coming off the Pacific from from hitting California. It's you know it's why the fires and the winds are happening in SoCal, yeah. And it's why you know it's uh, a December day and it's sunny and you know not warm, but it's you know it's warm in the sun. Warm in the sun, seventy degrees out there. Yep. Um, so you know we're it's uh, a very similar weather pattern to what we had for. Basically, five years through the drought. Right, yeah. right. Only last year was the exception. Right, when that storm, you know, let's say the storm door was open and it stayed open for, for the, the entire time. For the entire time. So, and it'll well, it'll change. It was perfect. It'll change in January. Yeah, yeah. you think? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it so. always does. Well, anything else going on? It's in, just a matter of how much we'll get in January and yeah, exactly. Out, so, anything else uh, for you in the fields? Um, no, we're, uh, you know, we're not doing anything different. We're, um, uh, Phil at Lassiter, um, Phil's, uh, family's crews have been through and they've doing assessing the vineyards and, uh, trying to get an idea how much damage there was done and, you know, what our plan of attack is going forward with those areas. Um, there's a lot of fixing of fences going on. Yeah. Um, for me, when I'm outside in front of the winery, what I hear is, um, the sound of wood chippers. Um, that's kind of the white noise right now because their uh, crews are going through and cleaning up all the trees and, um, you know, debris and whatnot. Um, but on, on your land, everything is okay. At Lassiter? Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we've, we've been able to clean away the debris from the buildings that have burned, um, uh, which were all outbuildings. Um, again, they're fixing fences and there are vines and miles and miles and miles of fences. fences. And and in the other thing that's interesting is um, the wellheads that burned, right? Um, all that infrastructure and all the and all the irrigation um, that burned, and so that's all being repaired. And you know what? Quite frankly, thank God um, that we haven't had a bunch of rain because everybody's doing a lot of work right now. Yeah, that's and there's a, good a lot thing. of work getting yeah. done. Um, I, I mean, that's one thing that you know. Um, I mean, about they, the fires is there's uh, for from the enterprise vineyard standpoint there's all your regular winter work or you know fall work that you do post harvest getting ready for winter and on top of it there's all this other work fixing fire damage whether it's tree work like Bart saying the sort of consistent sound of chippers the fences the irrigation systems I mean we're going through fence posts as fast as the milk can make them and really? you know, and yeah absolutely uh, and so you know. 
when you look at the sort of economic aspects of it, you know, yeah, there's there's more work for Enterprise Vineyards than every other vineyard company right now. Um, does it make up for uh, grape time, harvest time losses? Maybe, maybe not, probably not. Um, but there is that whole aspect of, you know, it's, we're, we are blessed with this dry weather right now. We, we really are. Dry. I mean, if, if we were having the rains that, you know, they didn't want to have, I mean, first of all, you know, they're still put out putting out the barriers from the fire and they're still cleaning up from the fire. And, um, and if it was raining like it did last winter, they wouldn't have the time to, the right. ability you couldn't to go do out that. there and do it. And so th- this is actually a blessing. We definitely need the rain, but we'll take the nice weather. For and right now. all the stuff that burned isn't getting washed into that's the exactly streams and into the, 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 the bay. And and yeah. they're I mean they're systematically getting in now and cleaning some stuff up, and yeah. that's makes a huge difference. Huge difference. And it feels better. Just the, going around town, and and I was in Santa Rosa yesterday, and there's just there's. There's trucks driving around and everybody's doing something about it and and, and working towards it and um, you know I had a, had a long conversation with a buddy of mine named Jeremy Parson who has a a wine blog called Do Bianchi. Um, he's a focuses on Italian wine. He's also working with the slow food and slow wine movement, doing some reviews and some classes with those guys. And and he lives in Houston, and um, we had a this conversation. Uh, a couple weeks ago and he showed up here and we went out and looked at the burn zone and we just kind of compared disaster stories. And um, there's something about, you know, the same thing that a lot of us felt here is, you know, you feel so helpless. You just want to go out and do something. You feel alone. Um, Yeah. And, for them, you know, the biggest thing is, and their sort of clock is ticking kind of moment is once the waters recede, you have to just clean up as much as you can, as fast as you can, because of the the mold and all the things that grow uh, with that. You know, those when when those storm waters recede, um, and but that doing that, being out doing it, fixing your neighbors, strangers' houses, the whole thing um, is is part of a very important part of the healing process, and seeing house sites get cleaned up and, and Santa Rosa sort of have this, this buzz of activity um, towards cleanup and, and recovery. Um, you know, as much as it's important just sort of economically and, and physically, uh, there's, a, there's a big sort of psychological element to that that is part of our, our recovery process. Yeah, it has to happen. It has to happen. Know? Yeah. And whether it's the Army Corps of Engineers coming in and just taking everything away or there's a gentleman that I drive by his place and he or you know the guys that he's working with have been out there every day and they're just chipping away at it and there's piles of metal and there's piles of this and piles of that and um and and quite frankly it looks they it looks out? yeah they lost everything and quite frankly it looks awesome compared to what it looked like and yeah. and I look at him and I can see it's just it's what he's going through but I yeah. think he's knowing him a little bit he's a he, it's healing him right yeah. yeah so that's an interesting way to end the season and begin the season yeah. healing and, and getting ready for 2018. It's, it's all part of the rebirth. You know, I've, I've posted some pictures of stuff growing in the burn zone and it's happening out there. Yeah, and, I've seen and those. Nature has its very specific process and, and uh, we have to be on that same path. And, you know, obviously it happens in a different way and we're not just waiting for rain to sprout grass seeds. Um, but, Part of you know rebuilding a community no, means you have to you got to start somewhere. Well, yeah. and and it, it's it's you know there's a lot of beauty out there. You know that picture that you 
posted the other day, Sam, shows areas that are burnt and then shows areas yes. with trees that are green and still the brown leaves from the heat damage. And it's a different sort of beauty, yeah. you know, and we have to accept it for what it is because it's what we're living um, I, I think, and you don't it, cut those trees down. It, it's, they come it's a, back. It's amazing. Yeah. It's it's really amazing. Um, I, there's a picture I haven't even I haven't posted yet of a burned out oak tree, and there's these little stems and and leaves popping out of the roots right above the the ground level, and you're like, it's hap- it's happening already. Yeah. Perfect. Um, I tried to capture. There was a on when I was on Nelligan Road, mm, which got burned bad. bad. There was a, a couple rock times. formation that had a bunch of ferns um, mm-hmm. growing the out The ferns coming back. And the ferns coming back and tried to capture it in a photo. And it, the beauty was so amazing. And then, but just the stark black behind it, yeah. you know. And, uh, but it's, it's nature doing its job. So yeah. I look forward to the future. Well, that's a good way to end um, the show. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening Everybody, Sam, thank you for your input. You have been um, not only Sonoma's best information resource during the fire and afterwards. Um, you're you're believable. You you know what's out there. You you've been there. Yeah. You you know what lines to cut across and how to get where. You know. I mean, yeah. you know everything about it. I, I, I um, well, Phil does. Thank you, thank you, John. I, I feel like I, um, even in the fires, I played a, a very small part, and I know it was very public because of of the social media aspect of it. But um, there's so much great work going on out there, and I'm stoked that I could have any piece of it, um, and you know, have a place that I could contribute. Um, and you know, I'm. I'm Definitely, you know, I've been here my whole life. I'm not going anywhere uh, a minute for the long haul. Um, so nowhere else would happen. <laughs> well, I've tried. They kicked me out. Um, no, I'm not, thanks, I'm thanks not for waving. Sonoma's low standards. I can stick it out here. Um, but no, nah, you know, it's it's like I said, it's part of a much larger community wide effort, and I'm I'm happy to have my little role in that. Um, so and you know, Bart, you too. You yeah. did. You yeah. did a tremendous amount. So yeah, you've got I, a lot uh, going. Yeah, we're just busy, right? You got to stay busy. It's just, it's just it's just another day at the office. You know, you go and you see what's going on in the vineyards. You play with some fermentations, right? right? Yeah. Just walk, Every, walk. Everything's just uh, <laughs> the world's burning around happen. you. <laughs> walk into the winery, put out some spot fires as you're walking in. Yeah. Um, well. I guess the point is, happy New Year and yeah, looking and, forward to a new year. Yeah, happy New Year, and happy, happy twenty-eighteen, and and may it not be a repeat of twenty-seven. Yeah, no, it can't be. It can't be. It's all burned. burned. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, everybody, thanks for right, listening thank so you. much. I'm John Myers. You're I'm Bart Hansen. Sam Kateri. And we are the wine. Oh, wait. And we got Brian Casey. Who? Well, Brian, Brian Casey, Casey was not able to make We're it. We're sommelier list today. That's why we only drink one bottle of wine. <laughs> That's we right. We can actually walk out of here because Brian's not here. That's right. So, uh, <laughs> Brian, we missed you today, buddy. Believe me. So I'm sure he'd want to say Happy New Year to everybody. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we are the winemakers.